Shauna and Jody here with Real Sisters, Real Talk. We're glad to have you joining us as we talk about growing in our faith with God. Hey, thanks for joining us here at Real Sisters, Real Talk. I'm Shauna, that's Jody, and we're going to dive in today. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. Has there ever been a time when your circumstances of your life were such that you felt like, I don't know that I can keep doing this. Like, I don't know that I can make it through this. Wow. That's a, that's a big question. I think, um, I'm immediately, I'm thinking of, um, seasons when we were walking with Johnny's parents in the last days of their lives. And Mm -hmm. there were times when, um, I was probably for, um, three or four days I was going on maybe two hours of sleep, um, being one Mm -hmm. of the, one of the caregivers along with his sisters. And, um, in fact, I, I specifically remember when Johnny's mom was real sick and at the end, and, um, they really thought we had 24 hours left and, um, she lived for three more days. And I just remember when the sun came up that morning, I remember is sitting in a chair right next to the sign glass door. And I thought, really, God, you're going to let the sun come up today before taking care Mm. of this. Like it's one of those things where I, how do we start a new day today? I'm not even sure how to do that. And so, um, that's probably one of those seasons when I knew an end was in sight, but I wasn't quite sure how to continue walking in the current circumstance in a, in a healthy way. Yeah. That was pretty deep, huh? That was kind of heavy. That was pretty deep. (laughs) I said we were going for it and we are, here we are going for it. But I, I had, um, this is a little less, okay. So it might even be just a little bit dramatic, but you know, humor me. Here we go. Okay. A couple of years ago, (laughs) a couple of years ago, I had a foot surgery and I was in a lot of pain before the foot surgery. And I had to get to the point where, you know, like something had to be done. And I agreed to the surgery and I ended up being in a boot for three months for two months. I couldn't bear any weight on my foot. So I had one of those fancy knee scooters, you know, to get around. And there were, there were times in my recovery and really honestly, especially right after the surgery, just tiny little note, but they put like a pain block, um, you know, a local anesthetic that they use for like the bottom half of my leg, which apparently my body is super, super sensitive to, it's supposed to wear off within 24 hours. And like, I was going on like 72 hours and I still had no feeling, which is great because I wasn't feeling any of the post-surgical pain, but I was feeling a whole lot of worry about whether I would ever be able to feel that part of my leg again and concerned about it. But anyway, there were times during my recovery when I really was having a hard time dealing with the pain meds. And so my stomach was upset and then it was very difficult to try to get to the bathroom when I had to settle that (laughs) situation. (laughs) And (laughs) drag this leg that I had no feeling in, you know, on the, onto this, like pick it up and put it onto the scooter and get myself over there so that I could get some relief from my upset stomach and whatnot. Anyway, in the midst of that, there were definitely times when I thought, I don't know how long I can do life like this. And I didn't know how long it was going to be like that. I didn't realize that a week later I would still be on the scooter and, and it would be inconvenient and whatnot. But like, I would be through the worst of it. There were definitely times in the middle of 
the pain and the inconvenience and the discomfort. And, you know, I had to take a, um, oh, what's it called? Something because, because I was, um, they gave me, oh man, I can't come up with the name of what it's called. Anyway, something to help me with my upset stomach because I wasn't dealing with the pain well. And that made my, my, like my face swell up and get big. And it was just like, everything was going wrong. Yeah. And I definitely wondered, can, how long can I do this? Yeah. And I've had, um, in, in that vein, I've had a ton of those situations too, where I've had a surgery, I've had a couple different foot surgeries and, um, or an injury. And I think this is just going to be my new normal. Like I, can I do this? Mm. Can I do this? And so that, you know, in those moments when, and those are situations where we did heal. Um, I, I even remember after one of my foot surgeries asking the doctor, will my foot ever bend again? Like, is this forever? And he's mm-hmm. like, no, it will bend again. I told you it's going to take a long time to heal. But when somebody tells me six weeks, I think four, it's just my sure. nature. And so I'm not real honest with, um, with what their assessments are. But as you're sharing that story and I'm thinking, and I remember that, that wasn't that many years ago that you went through that surgery. And it is hard. Recovery like that is hard. And especially when we're in pain and we're limited in our abilities to be a part of the household and all of those, I mean, much less just by yourself, go to the bathroom. I mean, I remember the first night after my first surgery, Lauren, my daughter slept downstairs with me to help me get to the bathroom when it was time to go potty. And it's just such an ordeal. My husband was with me all day that day. And so, um, those are hard things, but I was recently with somebody who, um, you know, has been ill for a lot of years and she's Mm -hmm. young and she's not getting well. And you just think, how do we find hope mm-hmm. in those situations? And how do we know that God is with us? And how do we know that even though what we're dealing with is very difficult and um, daunting, um, might not change, do we really believe that we're going to be okay, that God is going mm-hmm. to stay present in that with us? And that's a hard place to be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For me, I think one of the things that I know, one of the things that helped me through that time was I had a friend, I don't know if she even knows to this day, the impact of this message that she would send me, but she regularly texted me, you're going to be okay. Oh, she just sent those words. Mm -hmm. You're going to be okay. And I needed as simple as that may be. And even, you know, as much at the core of my being, I, I knew I was going to be okay. Like I just needed to hear that from a friend. And I think that is one of the reasons I so love my time with Jesus, because when I sit with him and when I'm honest with him and I'm vulnerable about what I'm going through and, you know, Psalm 23 has become mm-hmm. so precious to me. It was such, it was one of dad's favorite, you know, passages. So it's meaningful that way too. But it, it says in Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need, but there's a point in which it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. There are things that we're going to walk through that are going to be harder than we actually think that we're capable of enduring. But through it all, 
Our Lord is good. He is, he's rock solid and his presence isn't, it is a comfort hundred percent. It is a comfort, but it's not just our comfort. He's our hope. Yeah. He's our hope that even if I don't walk through this, the way that I think I'm going to, even if the end result is not what I hope the end result to be, ultimately I'm going to be okay. Because our hope is not in our situation or our circumstance. It's in the God of the universe. Yeah. And that's the only way I we had, can be okay. I had, um, there was a time when a few years back, God was asking me to do something that would very much upset my normal. And I, I, I knew that it was God asking me to do it. I knew it was the right thing to do, but Joseph was absolutely terrified. I thought if I obey God and I do what he's asking me to do in this moment, it could rock my whole world and I could literally lose everything. And I had a good friend that I was sharing this with that saw that I was like paralyzed in fear and I wasn't moving forward. I clearly knew what I needed to do and I wasn't doing it. And this really good friend just asked, what are you so afraid of? And that was a great question for me to have to answer because I had to verbalize what was stirring inside of me. And it was like this raging storm. And I was afraid I was going to lose everything. If I do this, my normal as I know it could completely turn upside down. I could literally lose everything. And my friend's response was, yeah, that, that could happen. And that was crazy painful and, and not affirming, you know, I wanted to hear at that word, a word of encouragement of, oh, surely that won't happen and you'll be fine. And da, da, da. But it was, it was a real gift that I was, that I had to sit and wrestle with the possibility that things, my world as I know it and my world as I like it might not remain the same. And what came alive to me during that time was Galatians 2.20, for I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I was like, you know what? It's not about me. Like my life is not about me. And that was the freedom that I needed to go ahead and, and be obedient and walk through what God had called me to. And it didn't, you know, everything didn't blow up the way that I thought it that I thought it would, or that I thought it could, but all the fear was there just the same. Yeah. And so it didn't blow up that way, but it could have, and you still had to have the strength to walk forward in what God was inviting you into. And that's, that's a scary place to be, but you got to the heart of it, right? Because bottom line, it's not about us. It's not about our comfort. I think so often we, we do believe whether we admit it or it's just this, a looming thing that we kind of pretend away. We believe that God wants me to be happy and have all the things I want and all the comforts of the world. And the truth is God's more concerned about what he's doing in me and than what, than what my comforts are, but we view that so differently. And so the heart of it is, it's not about me. My life is in God's Mm -hmm. hands. And do I trust him no matter what the circumstances that are coming will be. Can I put my hope in him? And that's not easy. You know, that's an easy thing to say. And it's a lot more difficult to live that out. I heard this analogy when it comes to the question of, can I trust God? Can I trust God? Do I really believe that 
he's up to something good and that he's working good things out, even in the midst of the hard things in my life. And it was Jay Warner Wallace who shared this analogy. I think, I think I read it in something that he wrote, but he said, you know, when a father takes a newborn baby to the doctor to get their immunizations, this newborn child suddenly has a needle puncture their skin. And, and then this needle enters into the flesh and the pain is just, they've never experienced pain like this in their entire life. And the hardest part of this is they're looking in the face of the person who is supposed to love them, who's supposed to protect them, who's supposed to, you know, who, who's supposed to provide for them and where, when they're in need and take care of them. And it's just so hard from the child's perspective. They're going, why are you just standing there and allowing this incredible, horrific pain to happen to me. But from the father's perspective, the father knows this is a temporary pain that I am allowing in your life because of what is it is producing. What's going to happen, you know, through this injection is, is actually about bringing life to you. It's about protecting your life, you know, and sustaining your life. And it's just a helpful analogy for me because there are times when we question, you know, where is God in this and, and why isn't he coming to the rescue? Why isn't he doing anything about my circumstances? And, you know, I can't, I just can't see how anything good can possibly come out of this. And when we start to ask those questions and we start to really wonder, is he really a good God? There's all these things that come into question when we allow our minds to go there, which then spirals yeah. us into this downward spiral, right? But if we, if we know that we know that we know that he's a good God and we don't have to understand why it's happening to us, or um, we don't even have to understand what the outcome is, but we right. do know that because the Bible tells us our God is a good God and the Bible tells us we can trust him. And we do have to remember too, that God's perspective is so much bigger than my little tunnel vision that I have. And yeah, yeah but it's, it's also hard to face that at times. And I, I recognize that too. I'm just grateful that God has given rhythms to our lives like days and weeks mm -hmm. and months and years, because in those rhythms, we get this like new start. And so sometimes we just have to make it through the day because tomorrow is a new day. And so there was a quote and it was an anonymous quote, but it said, every day is a new beginning. Take a deep breath and start again. And I just mm, think that's, that's so good. true for, yeah, as, as we walk in whatever it is that we're facing, we, if we truly do trust God and we're walking in his presence, then these new beginnings, he gives those to us. And, and it's a beautiful way that he created rhythms for us and do-overs. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And do-overs. Yeah. I'll take one of those. Yeah. yeah. There are, I'm just going to flip that coin a little bit because there are times when the days and the weeks and the months when, when timing, God's timing is not lining up with my timing, that that can, that can mess with me, you know, and I can wonder like how long, like I can get through this. I remember when I was in labor with my kids, you know, I, if I knew we were coming near the end, like, oh, I can get through this for this period of time. But when you don't know how long the suffering is going to be, you don't know how long the journey is. It can be really, really 
that's when I guess the days are, are even that much more important. Like break this thing down into a 24 hour segment. You know what I mean? So that I can get my hands on, cause I know I can make it through the day. Um, yeah. but the timing thing can sometimes be an issue. And my friend, Steve, I was talking with him last week about God's timing. And he said, there was a time when he was so, he and his wife were trying to get pregnant and conceive a baby and just wasn't happening. And it wasn't happening. And he was so frustrated. And he got to the point where he was writing in his journal and he's like, God, I know that you love me and I know that you're good. And I just don't understand your timing on this. I don't understand why Kelly's not getting pregnant, his wife. And they ended up finding out that she was when he penned that. Like God had already oh done goodness. the work, you know? And so he's like, I could just imagine God going, oh, buddy, you know, <laughs> like, oh, Steve, <laughs> you know? And I think, I mean, that is just a little picture of what's always happening when we question God's timing. Because in, in the waiting, a lot of times I think we think he's doing nothing at all. And so we get impatient. We want what we want right now. You know, I think about the story of Joseph. There's a summary of Joseph's life. And if you don't know the story of Joseph, it's an incredible story. It's found in Genesis 37 through 50. It's a long story. It's a great summer read. Pull it out and just read through it this week. And I promise you, there'll be ups, there'll be downs. You will laugh, you will cry. It's got all the things. Um, but there's a summary of his life in Acts that's just two sentences. And the second sentence is, but the Lord was with Joseph and rescued him from all his troubles. It's 12 words. And I think we read that verse and we go, thank you, Jesus, for the rescue. Rescue me like you rescued Joseph. Here's the deal. Joseph's rescue took 13 years. It's yeah. 12 words, but it took 13 years. And we want the rescue, but we don't want the waiting. But, but God was doing so much in Joseph's life during the waiting. You know, Joseph was a pretty pretty arrogant little punk kid who was pretty big on himself and thought the world was all about him at 17 years old when the Lord was giving him dreams. It weren't even his own dreams. They were God-given dreams, but he stewarded them so poorly because of his lack of character and immaturity. But in the 13 years that he was waiting and he ended up as a slave, he ended up in prison. This was so the opposite of the God-given dreams. He's, you know, he had to have wondered, God, are you up to anything in this? God was developing his character and his competency so that he would be ready for an for a literal life-saving assignment that God had for Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I love that perspective because if we, I think so often we, we have our eyes on our circumstance instead of on really the work that God is doing in us. And there is a work that he's doing in us. He is um, changing us, um, growing us, teaching us. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oftentimes in the waiting, I'm praying and believing that God is doing work in the waiting. Like, Lord, change my circumstances, change her and change him and change them and make Amen. this happen. <laughs> You know what, when the real work that needs to be done and the reason for the waiting is that there's work that, yeah, that needs to be done in my own life and my own heart. Yeah. You know what I even, it just reminds me of even prayer. Um, so often when we pray, the change that takes place is actually in us. Our heart changes, um, our perspective mm -hmm. changes because we put our eyes on God. And so 
um, maybe we are feeling a little less sorry for ourselves or a little less demanding that things go our way when we actually bring it to the Lord in prayer. It's a beautiful thing, what God does in us. Yeah. yeah, I had a moment the other day of being a little demanding with the Lord. Stop me if I've already told you this story, but I was on vacation and I was heading on vacation and I had a, a very specific agenda for this vacation. Like I had questions and I needed answers from God. And so I went on this vacation, like I'm going to get along with Jesus and I'm going to get the answers that I need. And in the first opportunity that I had to be alone with him and getting all demanding and getting all bossy, um, there were two questions that really surfaced for my heart. And one of them was, and this came through a message that my son-in-law and my daughter were giving in Australia. I was watching a video of them teaching at a youth camp. The questions were, what is God's posture towards you? And what is your posture towards God? And God's posture towards me, I felt like the answer to that question was, he's waiting. And then my posture towards him was the word that came to mind immediately was distracted. And then I thought about the story of, Mary and Martha. And I thought, well, that's, I don't know why that story came to mind right now. And I know that story really well, but I felt like I was supposed to open up the Bible and read the story. So I did. And it says, Martha was distracted. I was like, oh, Jesus is getting personal with me right now. He's talking directly <laughs> to me. Okay. I, I see where we're that. going with this. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I keep reading and it says, Jesus says to Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And I thought, oh, I'm worried. I'm upset about many things. So I journaled out all the stuff I was worried about. And I journaled out all the stuff that I was upset about. Got that off my chest. And then I went back to the scripture and I read the story again. And Jesus said, Mary has chosen what is better. And in this story, if you're not familiar, Martha was bustling around trying to do all the hospitality stuff and she was really busy and she got frustrated that Mary wasn't helping her. So she went to Jesus and she tattled and she said, <laughs> tell Mary to help me. <laughs> so, but he didn't. He, this was his response. He said, you know, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. And then he said this, he said, Mary has chosen what is better. And I read that word chosen and I was like, wait, I have a choice. I don't have to be worried and upset. I can actually choose something different. So then I'm suddenly like more interested than ever in Mary's choice, right? And so what did Mary choose? She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. And it was just like the Lord was saying to me through this whole process, and this is just the sweetness of God. This is how he works. This is how he talks to us in our lives. He was saying, I'm not going to give you the answer to your questions. And I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you what is better. I'm going to give you what cannot be taken away from you. I'm going to give you myself. Mm -hmm. So come and just sit and just be with me. And that's where you're going to find the peace that you think all the answers are going to bring you. It's found in me. So, you know, this whole question of like, am I going to be okay? It's answered in the I am. Yeah. You know, when we, when we don't know, am I going to make it? Am I going to be okay? The answer to the question is yes, because of who God is and because of what he's done for us. Right. And it's in his presence that we find peace, not, um, 
demanding answers, demanding to know the way, but in his presence. Psalm 4610 is one of my favorites. When I'm just sitting quiet with the Lord, it's be still and know that I am God. And so often when I start to get distracted and I start making grocery lists, when I'm really just trying to sit in his presence, I will use that verse to just get my focus back to the presence of God. And that's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful, beautiful gift. I just thinking about this topic of, you know, these, these seasons of life when we're wondering, you know, will this ever change? Am I going to be okay? Whether it's a season of, you know, you're a young mom and you wonder if you're ever going to sleep again, or (laughs) if it's a season of um, long-term illness and you, you wonder what the outcome will be, whatever it is that you're holding before the Lord right now, whatever situation or circumstance that you're facing, we don't find our hope in the circumstances because if we look for our hope to this world, then we are never going to find peace. But when we look to the Lord, his presence, like you just shared, Shauna, when we're leaning into the presence of God, that is where we'll experience peace. And that's what we want to sit have you sit with today as you um, come to the end of this podcast and you turn it off. Don't just move on to something else, but sit with that a bit about what it means to sit in the presence of God. What is it that you need to bring before God and just lay at his feet and be willing to just simply sit in his presence? That's Mm -hmm. such a gift that we get to give or get to receive. Yeah. And you know, the be still, I think a lot of people grab that verse and they go, yeah, I'm going to be still. I'm going to, I'm going to chill out and I'm going to get a pedicure. I'm going to, I'm going to be still and I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to be still and I'm going to, yeah. The second part is, is so important. Listen, be still and know that he's God, like know that he's got a plan. His timing is perfect. He's with you through it all. Like, don't just be still, be still and meditate on the truth of who he is and, and spend your stillness time with him. Yeah. Realizing and remembering that he is the God of the universe. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is holy. He is just, and he is a real God. And this is so sweet, but he really loves you. Let's sit with that. Mm -hmm. 